It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the place we are affectionately calling Peak North, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. If you like the Locked On Thunder podcast, the best way to listen, in your car, just ask your smart device, whether it's Siri or Google or Whatever you have to play the Locked On Thunder podcast, and it'll be right there on those beautiful, expensive car speakers of yours, playing in stereo or in mono when we feel like we're in a throwback mood. It's the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, it's a little bit of a late show. Um, Been nursing some ailments and also... Been very busy with OU stuff since spring football has started and other commitments that I'm working on. So we'll talk about how the Thunder got very lucky against the Portland Trailblazers last night. And I think more importantly, I am very worried today about being a downer because the Thunder did get get an important win. That was the good, but there was a lot of bad and ugly in that game. And we'll talk talk about it all in the first segment as we kind of rip apart Essentially, that last quarter, as the Thunder escape Portland, wiping the sweat from their brow as they get ready to go take on the Los Angeles Clippers. In segment number two, read an article in Forbes that says Jeremy Grant gives the Oklahoma City Thunder the best bang for their buck. And the and the article, for the most part, was on point, but there's some big things this article missed that we need to discuss to, one, further cement the author's argument that Jeremy Grant does give you the most bang for the buck, but also there is something about Jeremy Grant we need to be very concerned about here coming up in the near future. And then we'll go back to the Portland game and discuss what would happen just in case the Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder met in the playoffs and why last night's actions by Paul George and Russell Westbrook could spill ultimate doom for Oklahoma City 
even though I have been the guy saying it's time to send a message. My name's Eric G. I'm a credential member of the media. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I've been covering the Thunder for five years, and I've just launched a brand new website, Thunder Maven. That's the maven.net slash thunder. As we get that going, we'll post this podcast there. We'll do video wrap-ups. We'll post video from the game. We'll, we'll have articles from all over the web in one place so you don't have to go searching for them. Everything Oklahoma City Thunder you could possibly want is on Thunder Maven. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and any of the great podcasts at the Locked On Podcast Network just by going to LockedOnPodcast.com. So how relieved do you feel after the Portland game? last night. Before before I did this podcast, I actually went back and watched the last quarter of that game because I knew that there was a lot to unpack. And here's what I'll tell you. My overall feelings about that entire game were last night is that the Oklahoma City Thunder were not only lucky, but every hole that this team has was absolutely exposed. And I have no confidence right now if the season were to end today that the Oklahoma City Thunder would be able to make it through a first-round playoff matchup with the Portland Trailblazers and possibly not make it with the Utah Jazz. Let's start with, first and foremost, how that game should have ended last night. Paul George should have been kicked out of the game. That, that There is no reason that the refs shouldn't have called a flagrant two on him for elbowing Yusef Nurkic in the face. And realistically, another reason that the Thunder are very lucky that they won that game is because Nurkic was stupid enough a few minutes later to headbutt Paul George and get caught as the refs were doing a very poor job of trying to get that game back under control as it looked like it might have the opportunity to go into overtime. And obviously, if Paul George gets dinged with a flagrant two and he's out for that game, then you're putting your fate in the hands of Russell Westbrook. And last night, I don't think the Thunder win. If they're, if if your if your fate is in the hands of Russell Westbrook, because despite Russ being incredibly efficient and having a monster night from beyond the arc last night, going five of eight, that's just not that that's not normal Russell Westbrook type behavior. What normal Russell Westbrook type behavior is in a, in a very intense situation or in a very intense game is one, the nudging of Yusef Nurkic going back down half court after he got tied up with him. That's regular Russ behavior and being unclutch enough to dribble the ball out of bounds in a late game situation where had you been playing somebody that was a little bit better on their game last night, it may have ultimately cost you. People are complaining about the Steven Adams foul. Steven Adams definitely fouled late in that game. I mean, there was just, there was so much ugliness that was there on display by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I genuinely became worried that if you put a seven-game series with these two head-to-head, the Thunder are basically going to have to have happen last night to happen for four games. And where the Thunder really benefited last night wasn't great. I mean, the Thunder did not play great defense. Um, give them credit for forcing Lillard and McCollum to shoot a high volume of threes. But you also have to remember that Portland is one of the best 
three-point shooting teams in the NBA last night, and they went 9 of 41. Okay, that's not going to happen normally over a seven-game series, and it shouldn't happen four times in a seven-game series. The other thing, where, the other area where Portland was bad last night, and this is the one that'll really make you scratch your head, is they weren't particularly good from the free throw line. Just five, just what was it, 25 of 32 last night? It's not terrible. But Portland, third best free throw shooting team in the NBA. Oklahoma City put it on display again last night that they are one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the NBA. And where Paul George's value was met, because Paul George had a Terrible shooting night. I- I- incredibly inefficient last night. Paul George, again, great on defense, doing a great job of contesting shots, doing a great job of anytime somebody, it seemed like anytime somebody put up a pass last night, Paul George was doing his best to bat it down. Paul George's value was really felt at the free throw line last night when he got 20 free throws. And even Paul George acknowledged that he could not complain about the refing the refs and acknowledge that he was all set up to lose money but couldn't complain about him because he went to the free throw line 20 times and you get the feeling that after he pulled what he did on Nurkic at when these two teams meet again and with the NBA acknowledging that there was such blatant disregard by the refs last night that when these two teams play again in the playoffs, or if they play again in the playoffs, right now they wouldn't, but I don't see how you can trust the Thunder with the way that they're playing right now to to firmly stay in one spot or another um, in the playoff race down the stretch. But if they play again in the playoffs, then the refs are going to be watching him like a hawk. And Paul George, who has this tendency to constantly argue, moan, and go back and forth with the refs, all that does is sit you up not to get critical calls. And if the refs let a few things go while he's going to the basket and he complains about it and they tee him up and then in one game he gets a double tee, then ultimately he's hurt Oklahoma City. He's hurt the Thunder. Um, And I just, I'm looking at this team overall and thinking to myself, where is their head? I haven't been convinced that this team has been right mentally for a long time, really coming out of the All-Star break, and I'm still not convinced of it with the way that they played last night just because of so many mental errors down the stretch, all of which we've kind of detailed here. One guy that did not make a mental error last night, though, was definitely Billy Donovan. One of the shrewdest moves straight out of the Michael Corleone playbook, and that was going to the bench after Yusef Nurkic had been kicked out and then getting to pull Scal Lebesier off the bench and have him shoot those two free throws, and the guy had not shot free throws all season long. I mean, this is brilliant. I mean, you can criticize Billy Donovan all you want for his coaching. You cannot criticize that move. That was total brilliance on display. Lebesier missing the first, forcing to miss the second. But, hey, to his credit, that force missed second Uh, Ended up leading to a Steven Adams foul that led to um, Al Farouk Aminu being being able to hit two shots and then send the game into overtime. So maybe I am giving Billy Donovan a little bit too much credit on that, but um, that's one of the best rules in the NBA. And, And the reason I love that rule is, one, it's supposed to deter people from doing stupid stuff like Nurkic did last night and getting kicked out of a game because it's supposed to deter you from hurting the team. 
Although, in professional cases, I can tell you, there's a lot of forgiveness there because players are very do you. Sometimes you got to do you. And if you're a good Portland teammate, if you're CJ McCollum or Damian Lillard, you're probably okay with Nurkic getting kicked out because you felt like Paul George should have had a flagrant too, and you may have done the exact same thing. So you're not too hard on him, but ultimately he hurt your team by making that move, and Lebesier comes on, and Nurkic is not there, and the Thunder had a great night in the paint last night and just continued that all the way through the overtime. But I love that rule because essentially you get to see somebody, you get to see somebody either just wilt and get crushed under the weight of pressure, or you get to see somebody come up huge facing pressure. And it's always going to be a guy, when you have a coach who can pick who's shooting the free throws, you're always going to go with the guy that you think is the coldest or the guy that you think is the worst. And then we get to really see just what these cats are made of in that particular moment. I mean, it is a great study in just how pressure can affect the human mind. Not to get too deep on you, but that's that's why I love it. It's one of the reasons why I love sports. Happy last night that Levis Sierra missed the two free throws and Oklahoma City ultimately won. But there's going to be a time when somebody gets picked in a situation, maybe it happens in the playoffs and somebody sinks two free throws. Hopefully, hey, look, if it happens in the playoffs, then somebody's really got problems. I would hope somebody's not dumb enough to get two techs in a playoff game this year. Nah, somebody will. Uh, This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Um, Thank you for listening. Coming up next, the true value of Jeremy Grant here in Oklahoma City. We'll explain next. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked on Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Thanks for putting up with my digressing. My name is Eric G. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you listen in your car. All you have to do is tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast, and it'll gladly do so. Maybe it'll begrudgingly do so, but hopefully gladly will play this podcast on your uh, on your car speakers, and you can hear it in stereo. Um, you can also play Locked on Sooners and any of our other Fine podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, um, real quick, we're going to do a Saturday and Sunday podcast. Um, one, because we missed a day this week, just because so much stuff going on between OU and the Thunder, it just kind of happened and worked out that way. 
Um, also, because this one is late, I really want to talk about that Clippers game. So we'll have an opportunity to do that tomorrow. And then we get the Jazz coming up. So uh, just a quick programming note. Read an article in Forbes today saying that Jeremy Grant is by contract-wise the most valuable player on the Oklahoma City Thunder. He gives you the most bang for your buck. And it was a pretty well-written article. I was kind of looking at all the points they were making, like Jeremy Grant signed a three-year, $27 million deal, took less money to stay at Oklahoma City. And it, remember, remember how long it took to get Jeremy Grant to sign and how we were all kind of sitting on pins and needles about, okay, When's Grant going to sign? When's that going to happen? Well, it's going to, how is all this going to play out? And then just almost like simultaneously, the news about Carmelo Anthony breaks, Grant signs. And Oklahoma City, Th Oklahoma City Thunder fans get relief. And the article mentioned that, you know, Grant's, you know, points are, you know, he's starting and his points are better and his rebounds, like everything is better. And, but it left out the biggest piece two, three, four biggest pieces of information about Jeremy Grant and why he is so valuable to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that contract isn't one of them. Because I'll tell you straight up right now, that contract is a is really a two-year deal. It's a three-year deal, but that last year is a player option. And if Jeremy Grant keeps improving the way that he does, um, particularly being able to be as versatile as he is, go out beyond the arc, play multiple positions, uh, be able... But his biggest value to this team is not only being able to play multiple positions, it's being able to defend multiple positions. That's what makes Jeremy Grant so valuable to this team from an on-the-court presence. The more he's able to do that, and the Thunder are successful... And the Thunder, depending on what happens with Paul George over the next couple of years and and where Russell is and what you're doing to the roster, you could opt out. And when you opt out, there's no guarantee that the Thunder are going to give him what he wants and he may find another home. So yes, while it looks like Jeremy Grant may have signed on to win, know that, that for Jeremy Grant, it's a short window. And the Oklahoma City Thunder better keep producing in order to keep him around or he's going to have that option to be gone, but we talked about the ability to defend multiple positions and play multiple positions, which he can, and be so versatile and, and that he's getting better. But essentially, the contract is not what makes Jeremy Grant look selfless, and it's not what make it, it it's not what makes him look like he's going to sacrifice. You have to remember when Paul or when Carmelo Anthony left the Oklahoma City Thunder. First of all, there was no guarantee that Melo was going to leave the Thunder. Even though it was looking that way, you could have renegotiated with him. He could have come back. He could have, I mean, there are all sorts of things could have happened with Carmelo Anthony, even though it looked like it was headed down one road. So it was not, was it never, that was never a guarantee. Now, granted, simultaneously, <laughs> Melo leaves, Grant signs. And I would think that Grant signed probably because he knew Carmelo was leaving. But you were never guaranteed an opportunity to start here in Oklahoma City. I thought he would. Once Carmelo left and you signed Grant, he seemed to be the most logical person to put in that spot because you gave him two-year slash three-year deal. You showed you were, you were committed to him. And if you're that committed to him, 
and you really believe in him like you said you did over those last couple of years, then you're going to give him the opportunity to start or at least play more minutes than Patrick Patterson. But remember, Patterson started and looked like he was going to get to start, and it was only when Patrick Patterson proved he was ineffective that Jeremy Grant solidified himself in that starting role, in that starting four position. And it was that's where the selflessness came in was that you're not guaranteed that starting position, but you're going to go ahead and sign and make that commitment because Paul George makes the commitment, Russell Westbrook's coming back, and it looks like it's a really good situation for Grant to be here in Oklahoma City. That's what his true value is. Forget the contract. Forget about how economical it is and and how it's helping Oklahoma City a little bit with luxury tax money and the fact that he's... He's overproducing because I'll tell you that Jeremy Grant isn't overproducing. I'll tell you exactly what's happening to a guy like Jeremy Grant is he's coming into his own. And and if you read Maddie Lee's article today, then you're a guy that knows or you're a fan that knows that he is very committed to his body's a temple. He's going to work on his body and he's going to do everything he can to make sure that he is in the absolute best shapes. All the little things he's working, worked on balance to make himself better. So you're not going to get knocked around as much. So you'd be able to take so you'd be able to to take less steps going to the basket, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like all this all this stuff, he is totally committed and he understands the team concept and I really do hope he's here until the end of his career, but that is the situation that like everything else in this league is always TBD. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, why Russ's need for an enemy is going to prove dangerous in the playoffs. And last night, Russ not only hurt himself, but ultimately almost hurt Paul George and his team in the process. We'll explain. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G, and I know this is getting a little late, but uh, we're going to have a Saturday and Sunday podcast for you, uh, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's, uh, oh, real quick, listen in your car. I want to tell you, listen in your car. I almost forgot that. And I like to say that coming into every every segment. What, What we want you to do is tell your smart device to play us. Tell your smart device to... Play the Locked on Thunder podcast, and it should play it in your car uh, every time you pull up, unless there's something wrong with your car, or unless it just doesn't like the sound of my voice, kind of like my wife. Um, It's the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Russ's need for an enemy on every single team is going to cost the Thunder, and it cost the Thunder last night. Now, there's some good and bad to this. When Yusef Nurkic decided to get tangled up with Russell Westbrook and trip him on purpose, you knew Russ was going to retaliate because that's the way Russ is. And 
you did see Russ lean on Nurkic, and yes, I'll give you... I, look, I will grant you that I thought Nurkic did flop in that situation, okay? I will totally, 100% give that to you. But also, because Nurkic had played so physical with Paul George and with everybody else that got in the lane last night, Stephen Adams, Grant, etc., Paul George being the teammate that he is, because I don't think Paul George was necessarily doing this to retaliate on his own, yeah, I think some of this was built into the fact that you want to send a message to Portland that they're again, like we're talking about with the Jazz, and you talked about with um we've talked about with with other teams lately. You want to send the message that you're not gonna take people's crap. Well, Paul George doing what he did last night, whether it was in retaliation, when when you put that elbow to Nurkic's face, whether it was in retaliation for Russ or any of your other teammates could have got you kicked out of a game. And while I'm all for you can't let yourself get bullied, you also know you also have to know the difference between getting bullied and knowing when to let cooler heads prevail. Last night you needed to let cooler heads prevail. Or maybe you didn't. You want to argue that you didn't need to do that last night? Okay, I'm cool with it because the ref let you get away with it. But the ref's not going to let you get away with it again. You're not going to be able to do that in the playoffs. And here's the other thing that you got to watch out. uh, Things that come to light as you start talking about all this. Thunder are going to start getting a reputation of being a dirty team. There are already fan bases out there that think the Thunder's dirty. Utah being one of them. I would imagine Portland being another. There are a lot of fan bases that don't like Steven Adams because they do think that he is a guy that 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 plays dirty, not just physical, but flat out plays dirty against people. And he gets away with way too much, whether he's um, constantly elbowing guys, moving them out of the way. I watch Steven Adams. I don't think he's dirty. Um, I watch him every game, and I think that the guys that he's playing with are just very physically demanding guys. But we did see what he did to Zach Randolph in the playoffs. When he sort of pushed him, ref didn't see it, ran off, you know, came back at him and, and ended up being the one getting kicked, kicked out of the game. So the Thunder developing this reputation, which sounds all fine and well as it's Circuit Detroit Bad Boys 1980, you know, 1988, but those are also the teams that get called for more fouls. Those are also the teams that end up putting themselves in bad situations late in the game. And they ultimately end up losing those games. And it's something that the Thunder just got to make sure is under control. Emotions are great. Passion's great. Just make sure it is a controlled fury. And I, that's, just keep it, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back on Saturday as one of our uh, couple of weekend podcasts. And we'll, we'll talk about the game with the Los Angeles Clippers. We'll take a look closer look at the playoff race, starting to break down some matchups as well. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And uh, peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.